Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. That's great! Let's get ready to Alright everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio, where Varen has been ate by a troll, regurgitated, and then a dragon swooped in and gave to feed him to her babies. That's right, we don't know if he's going to survive, but he's... Well, Mackenzie's here, and Scott's here, as well as our guest. Uh, so... You guys gonna say anything? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm still. Poor I'm still. Baron. Yeah, I'm still working through that vision, that image of I Baron. I blocked out of Scott. You're worried about Baron? I, f- I hope none of our listeners are joining us for the first time to hear you say, <laughs> "I popped out of Scott." Um, <laughs> you sneezed, and I like showed up out of your phlegm or something like that. Wasn't and, uh, that a few episodes ago? Oh yeah, yeah that was with Baron. Oh yeah, I, I that remember was a that. Can. Like no, I cracked he's... open a can and you popped out. No, That's... no, it was something worse. Yeah. Oh. The sneeze. That's what happens when I get sick. So I can do whatever I want. Right? You're May a I DM. Point? That's yes. that's what it comes from. That's oh, what it comes geez. down to. All right. So uh, we have yeah. our, our guest, Aaron Johnston. Yes, uh, thank you for having us. me. I appreciate it. He is an amazing creator of several different things. Uh, so for those of our listeners and people, because we, we have a live audience right now, folks. So if you hear random noises, it is not Mackenzie farting. <laughs> <laughs> See? Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Well, you've now you've now given you. Mackenzie You're total license to fart as much as she wants, and yes. no one will think it's her. I know, I know. That's the best part. See, when I'm at home, I always blame the bat dog. But I am a ginger, so I have no soul, so I'll just come back. Wait, uh, so you're saying they're going to blame me? You're so on my list. Great, yeah. fantastic. Yes. So, uh, and Scott's here as well. Uh, so, for those of you that you don't know who you are and what you've done, can you kind of give everyone a, a little taste of what you've done creatively? And so on and so forth. Sure, yeah. Uh, again, my name is Aaron Johnston. Um, most recently, I was the co-creator and writer of a show called Extinct, mm-hmm. which was on BYU television, uh, which just finished its first season. Uh, I'm also a novelist. I write uh, primarily with Orson Scott Card. Uh, I've been writing um, prequel novels to Ender's Game for several years now. I'm nice. finishing uh, book five of a prequel series to Ender's Game. Uh, I also occasionally write comics for Marvel or EA Comics. Um, so, yeah, that's me. Okay, so Scott's interested perked up. It's like, Marvel? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm just always impressed by every author that we meet that actually... Because, you know, I, I, I like... I don't even know if I can even say I officially dabble in writing, but to be able to make writing your, your, your such a career like you have, I mean, to be able to say Marvel, Ender's Game, like it feels like you've just kind of taken a lot of our childhoods and like dove into it. Like 
yeah, that's a childhood memory that's awesome. I'm gonna make that my life. I'm gonna I'm gonna make that my career. And like that's that's like just the passion of so much of us. That's like a dream. That's a dream job right there, right? Yes. Like, when I can make full money at my writing, that would be awesome. <laughs> that's just incredible. I mean, how'd you get started into all this? Uh, well, my first career was uh, was writing advertising. Actually, I was a copywriter in advertising, which means I wrote radio commercials and TV commercials and websites and prints and, and billboards and all kinds of things. Uh, I'd actually studied, uh, fi- I started to study film in at college, and then uh, we had this film symposium class where all these professionals from the industry came and they said, don't go into film, whatever you do, don't pursue this as a career because you'll go hungry and your family will be on welfare. Um, and so that was discouraging. Um, so I, I said, well, I really do like to write. I like being creative, uh, but I also like having a steady income. So I began to investigate what other career options there were, and I discovered copywriting, which I thoroughly enjoyed uh, and was actually really good education for me as I pursued other things like, uh, like comic writing or television writing <clears throat> because there are skills, I think, that I learned in advertising that uh, were truly helpful to me uh, once I started writing in other, in other media, um, simply because you have to understand, you know, things I hadn't really considered when I was, um, you know, studying film. You have to know your audience. You have to know um, what your audience sounds like, what's appealing to them. Working in advertising really helped me think strategically, right, mm-hmm. because, you have to, because you have to in advertising, um, or you'll insoi- insult your demographic, or you'll talk over your demographic, um, so, uh, yeah, so writing copy in advertising was my first career. I did that for 11 years. Uh, and then um, I actually, it, 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 the, my career now was pretty much an accident because uh, I was living in Greensboro, North Carolina at the time, working for an ad agency there. Uh, and I had done theater in college, and so had my wife. And we happened to be in the same uh, church congregation as Orson Scott Card whose first love was actually theater. He, he, um, he was a playwright before he was a novelist. Most people don't know that. Hmm. But he quickly learned that it's very hard to make a living as a playwright. Yeah. And, um, but he still loves theater. And so he actually finances his own theatrical productions in Greensboro. Um, he puts them on for the community. He, has a, he does it for free, free of charge, uh, just because he loves that experience. So he heard that my wife and I dabbled in theater. He said, oh, well, you should come. We're going to do The Importance of Being Earnest. You should come do that for us. We didn't have any kids at the time, and we thought, okay, sure, why not? Um, so that's when how Orson I met. Scott Card asks you to be in a play, you, <laughs> you say, say yes. Sure, why not? <laughs> yes, yeah. Even if I hadn't done theater, yes, yeah. Um, so then, I, as I got to know him, he learned that I had studied film in school, and and uh, at the time there was a um, there was a, it was called Dog Walker. It was a short story that he had written decades ago. It was being adapted uh, in L.A. The writer had written a draft. Um, it was a good draft. It needed to rewrite. The writer wasn't available. And so Scott says to me, hey, look, I got this thing. And um, you said that you studied film screenwriting at, you know, at school. You want to do a rewrite of this? You know, and I'll pay you. And I'm like, uh, you don't even have to pay me. Uh, but yes, you can pay me. Um, so, um, yeah, so I did a draft of Dog Walker, which I had never actually written a full feature-length screenplay before. Yeah. You know, I, at, at school, you know, I'd written scenes and stuff, but never a feature. And so I did that, um, and we've been, that was 15 years ago, and we've been doing many, many things ever since. 
So, that, so that's my story. So I, it's, it's quite honestly, it's it's not fair. My, my, the uh, any success I have is totally unjust because uh, you know anyone in this industry knows. It is rough and tumble. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is, it is very, very difficult to break into publishing. It's very, very difficult to break into film. It's very, very difficult to break into television. It's very, very difficult to break into comics. And, and because, uh, because I always had Orson Scott Card with me, doors always opened for me. Now, when he asked me to start writing Ender novels, um, I was really anxious and nervous about that because, well, because, you know, fans... fans Want what fans want, oh, right? Yeah. And and if you and if you if you destroy a universe or if you you get know, rid you, of canon, yeah, exactly, right. If if, if you if you <laughs> go against what's been canonized, you will be crucified. And yeah. so and so, I was really a little anxious about doing that. Um, but I, but fans have been extremely generous and very kind and very supportive. Just because I think they're good, nice people. So yeah. well, I mean, even though it, it is hard. But there is that amount of luck that sometimes comes in where you have that success. You have to wait for those moments of luck and pounce on them, which you did. I I was going to say, I do want to say, I mean, yes, you did have that moment of luck. And I'm sure a lot of us are are like, oh, I wish. But you had that just means you got out. You were able to leap off the cliff. You had the talent to be able to catch that draft and be able to still move forward. Well, yes, you got in, but then it was your talent that kept going. I think yeah. Well, that's nice of you to say. I mean, if, if it had been abysmal, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think oh, it would have been there. Rewrite. Can you rewrite it this time? But oh on, quite, <laughs> that was <but> Thanks. <laughs> now go away. Um, <laughs> but I honestly think, though, I, if, I, I haven't read it in a decade. But I, probably, if I went back and read that screenplay, I would probably think it is abysmal because I think I'm a much better writer than I am. I am now than I was then. But Scott is very gracious. He's very generous, and um, you know, I, I think. One of the reasons why people love his his novels and his work so much is because so much of who he is as a person is reflected in his characters, yeah. right? I mean, honestly, you know, when, when, when anyone reads Ender's Game, they're like, oh, I'm Ender, this is me, I love this book, I resonate with this character so much, right? But, um, and it's true, because we, we, we see ourselves in, in the characters yeah. with which we develop a relationship, but Ender really is Scott Card. I mean, he is the most brilliant human being I've ever met. If you go to dinner with Scott Card, you don't say anything because it's like, it's like watching an episode off the History Channel. He knows everything about everything. If you ask him about anything, he can give you a lecture on it. Not that, not that he's lecturing to you, but just that he's having conversation. With, oh, yes, well, yes, French colonization or whatever. I mean, he can talk about anything because he knows everything. It's, it's, it's hmm. been, I've, I've, I have the utmost respect for him as an author because I've followed him my whole life, but, but also as a human being. He's just a kind, generous, good man. Well, yeah, and I mean, to follow up on what you're saying, you don't want to go back and read what you wrote a while back because as you progress as a writer, you get better and better, and of course, it's going to look abysmal yeah. from where you're at at this standpoint. Sure. Um, and I think it was Scott uh, Card that did say that I don't go back and read my stuff because other, the the person I am now will edit that because it's not good compared to my standards now. Yeah, and I've noticed that when actually as we've been writing the 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 Ender's Game prequels, and you know, and I I'm trying to be sensitive to what's been canonized. I'll ask Scott, like, so. How did this happen, or, or what was this event? He's like, I don't remember. I don't know. You you read the book. Tell me. I don't know what's in it. Yeah. <laughs> because because um, he's simply moved on. You know, yeah. he wrote into his game, and it's in the past, and he can't tell me what the events are. And no. so I really have to do a lot of research 
and reread the books and, and re-familiarize myself because he's long forgotten. Yeah, I, I, I'm just going to throw that out there. When you go to an author and say, oh, man, this one scene with this one character, you did this, why? They don't know. They literally don't know because that was, what, two, three years ago? Maybe, well, in, in case of, like, Tracy Hickman or Bob Salvatore, a decade or more ago? Yeah. It, they don't remember. When They're on their news. Game oh, Games wow. was 1980-something, like early 80s. Oh, early 80s. It initially was a short story, yeah. um, and then it became a novel later. Yeah, But, I've, but the movie's it. out, and it has Harrison Ford in it. Yep. I and I'm actually the in the movie as well. You're I, in the movie, I, yeah, too. So I, was a, I was an associate producer in the movie, and so they let me be an extra in the movie. Ooh, uh, did you die? I did not die, sadly. Aww. I wish I had. What I question had. is that? <laughs> I'm in the scene, actually, if you've seen the movie, it's at the, it's at the end when Ender is actually conducting the final battle. Yeah. And behind him, in the st- up in this little observation room, there's Harrison oh, Ford and Sir Ben there. Kingsley. So I'm, up, I'm an officer of the fleet. I'm up right. there. And um, when the director of photography came up to set up the camera for the coverage up there mm-hmm. for the guys, uh, I'm at the end. And he's looking at everyone. He looks at Harrison. He looks at Sir Ben Kingsley. And then he looks at me and he's like, um, can we throw some shadow on that guy? <laughs> Referring to me. Um, because he's like, uh, I'm getting too much of him. <laughs> I was not offended in the least bit. So, um, you but yes. stand in the same room as Harrison Ford for crying out loud. <laughs> you, you really... I don't care how old that man is. I still love him. Yeah, yeah. Shadow he's... me all you want as long as I'm next to him. Yeah. He's not as, he, I mean, th- th- this is so cliche. He's not as tall as you would think oh, he is. I'm, I'm sure but he's not. But he's enormously gracious, um, very kind, very generous. Uh, he, you know, as, as someone who was raised on Indiana Jones and Han Solo, oh, yeah. to meet him was, you know, just a thrill of my life. And she'd uh, pass out. <laughs> oh yeah, no, 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 that's accurate. He was as <laughs> delightful as I wanted him After to I be. After I cried. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I tried very hard, yeah, not to cry, and successfully. I, I didn't I, cry, Chris Evans. Though does that count for something? No, you just had him that's kiss you. I was a little starstruck. Yeah. I didn't pass out. You had Evan, you had Chris Evans kiss you, and he actually kissed you? No, no. Oh. But I did have Elijah Wood ride me. You, uh, I won't okay. even ask any follow-up <laughs> questions. <laughs> you, gotta, you have to clarify a little bit on that one. We yeah. had a photo. He jumped on her back for a piggyback ride. For those of you watching, it was a piggyback ride. Piggyback Isn't it ride. On the Instagram? Yeah. That's so awesome. You just threw that out there. <laughs> well, so many times people say, you know, I don't know told, what to say at the moment. You should never meet your heroes. Yeah. You know, people say that, you know, because you're always going to be disappointed. In the case of Elijah Wood and Harrison Ford, that was not the case. No, it wasn't no. the case. If it means anything, that's also the case in the case of Dan Aykroyd. Oh, really? yes, yes. Very gracious. And he'll yeah. give you liquor. Like, it's great. Um, oh, cool. <laughs> that is no, no, good to meet you. Here's some Crystal Head vodka. <laughs> Wait, who's Dan Aykroyd again? Ghostbusters. Oh, goodness. Conehead. Oh, okay, Coneheads. There we go. Coneheads. I think you might not be able to come on the show for a few more weeks after that one. <laughs> who's Dan Aykroyd? You have to give me some... Remember, I fell asleep in Ghostbusters. I know. Yeah. <laughs> We don't talk about that anymore. The no. original Ghostbusters yes. or like the reboot? So that's another thing we're, we're doing. Since uh, there's a lot of movies she hasn't seen, we're going back and doing reviews of old movies. Us viewing it from nostalgia's sake, her re- reviewing it from I've never seen this sake. Um, <laughs> Ghostbusters didn't do very well so, with her. Wait. Yes. She fell asleep during... She fell asleep. Yes. It was two snorts instead of two snorts. Rewatch it and it counts as her first time? Or? No. We just let her... Review it. It didn't do very well in her mind. She fell asleep during the she's what a dog line. Like, uh, she's suffering but enough. You want to know what the revenge is? She gets to watch Killer Clowns from Space. 
<laughs> yes, that is the next one. That we're and she's reviewing. afraid of clowns. Really excited about that. I hate you so yeah. much right now. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, it's it's natural to fall asleep in a movie if, if you're exhausted, right? Yes. If you weren't exhausted and you were bored, then that she was is. I was bored. She was bored. Uh, okay, never mind that. Yeah. <laughs> no, what did they say? They said I gave it two snores instead of two yeah, snores. Two snores. Yeah, uh, two snores. Yes, it's a, it's a gradual slow. It's a sloping <laughs> scale of sl- of snort to snore. And yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, if you ha- if you sorry. haven't really been exposed to those guys, you know, yeah. because those of us who were kind of raised, we had an affinity already oh, for yeah. for the Ghostbusters, See, right? We felt a connection of, to them. What we yeah. talked about, I was he hyped me up on it, and then I'm like, what is this? Yeah, if they're that all strangers to you. Um, that's like when I try to watch a comedy these days. So many people, I'm like, I don't know who that is. I'm not that cool. I'm too old, and so I'm bored. So I, I can see why you might have why you might have, yeah, tuned out of Ghostbusters. Yeah. Though I will never forgive you for it. <laughs> You're not the first, and I doubt you'll be the last. Are you kidding me? I'm getting hate at work for it. Uh, well, I mean, the first time when I was in advertising, the first time I actually recognized that I was old was when I was working with an account executive who said to me, "But wait, what is Indiana Jones?" She did not know what Indiana Jones was. She at least knows Indiana Jones. I yeah, love yeah, Indiana yeah. Jones. She knows Star Wars. We're Show good Back there. to the Future. Yeah, okay. I do love Back, Back to the Future. She'll probably get maybe half the references in Ready Player One, but uh, we're good. What's Ready Player One? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mackenzie is our, 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 I don't even know. Please turn her You're millennial. <laughs> she, she keeps us feeling old. She's sure. a millennial. She's succeeding. I'm yes. a millennial. Sorry. Luckily, she doesn't like the prequels. Some oh, people no, do, actually. No, some people, people do. Some people do. There are some people to do. There is a former member. We don't talk about them. We don't. Yeah. Clone Wars, though. Clone Wars. And I will fight anybody who doesn't like Clone Wars. Okay. The animated show, yeah, not yeah. the yeah. event. The yeah. No, the movie's yeah. terrible. Yeah. yeah. But oh, Yoda's like fight scene is awesome. Atta- you're talking about Attack of the Clones. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. But I miss the puppet. Everybody misses the puppet. That's why the puppet came back. Spoiler! Last Jedi, if yes. anybody hasn't seen it. Oh, so, on, if you haven't seen it at this point, it's, it's your own fault. So what got you into writing? I mean, because you got to the advertising, you got the magic window yeah. with Scott. What was, you know, when was it, because it had to happen sometime when you were a kid or growing mm-hmm. up, that that spark, that's what I want to do. Yeah, so when I was in, gosh, the seventh grade, um... There was this uh, writing competition, and I had really never even written a short story before. So it was kind of an, it was an assignment, really. It was the teachers yeah. that everyone has to write a story, and so, and so I did, and I was really excited about my story. I don't even remember what the story was. I, all I know, though, is that I wrote a story, but then I also actually drew, a, uh, drew the principal character, you know, who had, like, wings on his, he was a knight. He had, like, wings on his helmet and this magical sword. I mean, it was everything that a seventh grader would put into a short story, yeah. right? Um, and so, um, so then I found out actually that she took all the stories and she submitted them into a competition. Oh wow! Unbeknownst to us, um, and I won the competition. I got to read my my story on the radio. Um, it, no one heard it. It was on some public access radio show, right? Um, but I thought, wow, I created something that someone actually might hear and listen to and, yeah. and gain some enjoyment out of. And, and, and as a result of that. I started to make my own little movies, as probably many of us did when we were oh, yeah. kids, you yeah. know, with our little VHS cameras, we, and that we would script ourselves, and we would enlist our neighbor kids, and we would enlist our siblings. I don't know if I'd call them little. No, <laughs> they were pretty big. <laughs> so, so I had always... Like a GoPro. <laughs> no. No, no, no. no. Um, yeah, so as a result of that, I, I always <laughs> wanted to pursue screenwriting. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's what I that's what I initially again studied mm-hmm. in college until I was told by any, everyone else in the industry that that was a stupid idea. <laughs> but I ended, ended up getting to do that later, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, I find it very fulfilling. Yeah. No, I, I I had a very similar start. You know, in yeah. school I had the writing. I drew the character and all that. Sure. Except for mine was a tiger and how tigers got their stripes because we had to read them for the third graders. Um, oh, cool. So it was really cool, and they, they were excited about it. I was really excited. And I got some, you'll never make money. Don't do it. I, that's what I was told. I didn't, instead of you still kind of pursuing that, I decided to get a degree in IT, which is don't, no. <laughs> it's boring. It, it wasn't for me. I love being creative. Yeah. Um, but at least you can create on the side. I did finally come back. You can, you can yeah. feed your family, which is really nice, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. Like feeding it, it's, yep. it's good to feed them because otherwise they'll start gnawing on my leg. Yeah. <laughs> fix things probably beyond turn it off and then back on again. Um, Do they turn? Just watch the IT crowd. It tells you everything you ever need to know. <laughs> yeah. Have you power cycled it? I have seen that. Yeah. Uh, and it is not a coffee cup holder. Uh, <laughs> and when you need to click on the screen, please don't pick up your mouse and tap on the win- the screen. <laughs> please yes, tell I've me had, you actually get calls like this. I did have a call like that. Oh, yes. I, yeah. Is it plugged in? Yeah, yeah. I've done customer service. You do get calls like yeah. that. My personal favorite. There's a reason I don't do IT anymore. Uh, my yeah. personal favorite, I was using my personal mouse at work, but it wasn't connected to my computer. Quit happens. talking. You're just making it worse for yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry. You were using your personal mouse, but it wasn't connected to your computer. I had my laptop, in. I had my laptop at work, and I got a phone call. I worked in a call center, and I was, you know, trying to wake up my computer. But mm. <laughs> it was the wrong mouse. No, that, that, mistake, that mistake is easy to make. No. It's not like a person <laughs> does not know how to copy and paste. Okay, but you didn't, actually, you didn't actually call someone. I mean, you figured no, it no, out. No, they yeah, called me, yeah. and I was trying to wake up the computer to help them. I'm sorry. I uh, want to help you with your computer need, but I have a computer need of my own. Please hold. <laughs> no, then I looked at it. I'm like, oh, wait, that's the wrong color. One moment. I need to call the help desk. I'll be right back with you. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, of course it's about your problem. It is so advanced. I'm glad you called us, because even I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> so... What was it? Okay, so we we had the books with him. You've done comics, which I mean, doing stuff for Marvel is just amazing. I mean, what do you do for Marvel? Play? I, I want to know which. I want to know where to find you. Like, so I want to go find a, the comic. Yeah. So I've done uh, the most recent thing I did is called Formic Wars. This is what we this is what we transformed into some novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's essentially they are prequel to Ender's Game. Okay. So and I also did various adaptations for Marvel. Um, so, yeah. The great thing about writing comics is um, you get to work with some pretty amazing people. Um, yeah. You know, artists who are just um, just have incredible talent. Um, the editors at Marvel are very generous, very, very smart story-wise. Um, and really, th- that's the lesson that I give everyone, um, is... If you want to be successful, surround yourself with people who are smarter than you and more talented than you and cling to them for as long as you can. Um, that's, what, that's what I've done my entire career, even on our most recent show, Extinct. Um, you know, as we, um, we just found an incredible cast. We assembled a really gifted crew. We had some very gifted directors. Um, and when you, when you associate yourself with, with really talented people, they make you look really good. And that's why we work. 
No, it, it, that Why'd really you look at me? that's the truth. You know, when you have the talented people around you, it just makes you look better. You make them look better. Yeah, and, and it's fantastic. It's yeah. a, it's a great circle of life, I guess, in a way. That's why I like working with you guys. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting I'm getting a warm feeling. Do I know what the best part. Is? I was gonna try to make fun of them, and then everybody started going, "Oh, no, I can't do it. Like I just can't." <laughs> All right. Anyways, so, and it's over. So what is? I mean, so you've done the comic medium, you've done the book medium. He's the done the film TV. medium. I mm-hmm. mean, TV and film. You've kind of been everywhere. I mean, you're almost the Renaissance guy of uh, uh, of creativity in a way. What is next? I mean, what can you? Um, video games, uh, or have you already done that? No, I'm actually not a gamer. I've, okay. I've never been a gamer. So that's not even in the interest. Yeah, of that's I, okay. I, yeah, I've, um, I I was the kid that didn't have a Nintendo, <laughs> so um, I just what? never got into games. Okay, so. Um, you know, my sons, my even my sons aren't that big. I mean, we have a we have an Xbox 360, mm-hmm. but they rarely use it. We, we're just not big gamers. Um, but um, so yeah, but right now I'm developing um, developing another show. Okay. Um, and I'm get I'm I'm do tell. <laughs> so uh, it's 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 another show for BYU TV that I'm developing right now. We'll see. You know, in in television, it's. Um, the process is you pitch an idea. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, we like this idea. Give us more. You flesh out the idea a little bit more. They say, oh, we really like this, how you flesh it out. Now we're going to pay you to write a pilot script. Okay. okay. They pay you to write a pilot script. You write the pilot script. Oh, we really like the script. We're going to pay you to produce the pilot. You produce the pilot. Oh, we really like what you did in production. Now we're going to order more episodes. Okay. And so television is, is a series of hurdles. Um, any, at any moment... You can trip over a hurdle, yeah. or they can call off the race entirely. Yeah. So uh, I'm probably at hurdle four at this point. Whether or not this thing will ever come to light of day, I don't know, but that's just the nature of the business. Yeah, and I mean, there are hundreds of thousands of TV shows that never make the light of day. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, the, sure, are yeah there are I mean, even and movies. Yeah, yeah, and there are many, many screenwriters who have, who have productive careers, who make good income, um, and who never get anything produced, right? Yeah. Because they they do rewrites, they do drafts, they turn them in, and for whatever reason, just because in this business there are so many so many aspects of film and television that are beyond your control. Yeah. Um, that you that you can't influence, despite your talent, despite your efforts, despite the sun and the zodiac. Yeah. I mean, there are things that that just happen, you know, because so and so has so-and-so has a nephew that, that wants to do a show. Okay, now we're going to do that show, Yeah, right, says an executive, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're just things you can't control. You just have to be, um, you have to diversify your career, which is what I try to do, mm-hmm. um, just to get as many irons in the fire as you can and hopefully pay your mortgage and feed your kids. Yeah. So, I mean, that brings up a, a good question, at least in my mind. How do you overcome that perceived failure? I mean, because I mean, you're really not failing because you don't have that choice. Yeah. You know, if you write a book, it's awesome. It's out there. It's published, but it doesn't. No one reads it. Doesn't succeed. It's not really a failure because you succeeded in accomplishing that. But how do you overcome that in your? Because uh, you kind of feel down, and that well, that sucks. How do you pick yourself back up? Yeah. So I mean, it's it's. I mean, the whole tortured artist is kind of cliche, yeah. but I think there is some truth to it because we have to be. We have to censor ourselves. We have to edit ourselves. We, yeah. it, we have to, I mean, so much of, I, I discover, when I write a novel, 80 to, probably 80 to 85% of the time dedicated to writing a novel is dedicated to writing the first two chapters. Mm-hmm. After that, 
the novel can proceed at a brisk clip, and I can finish the novel pretty quickly. But I spend so much time writing those first couple chapters because I know it's not there yet, and it's extremely frustrating. And I constantly tell my wife, I should have been a farmer. <laughs> I, should have, I should have been a mailman. I should have done something that, you know, I just have a clock in every day, and I, I move this widget, right? Mm-hmm. And I can understand that. But, um, but if you want to expect people to give their hard-earned money for something you create, you really, really, really have to be hard on yourself. Yeah. You really have to have a thick skin, uh, and you have to be willing to throw it all away because you know it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. So you're in that constant state of editing yourself and evaluating what you've created, and you're inevitably going to create something that isn't good enough, right? That's just part of the process, and that will bring you down a little bit yeah. a- unless, you, unless you cling to some belief that eventually, in the process, you're going to create something that's worth keeping. Cool. All right. Well, we are out of time, folks. So, um, real quickly before we leave, where can people find you? You know, whether you're at conventions, you have a website. Sure. Uh, where can they find the books that you're co-writing with or uh, Scott? Yep. And, uh, yeah. Go for them. So, uh, my website is AaronWJohnston.com. I went okay. it was William AaronWJohnston.com. I'm on I'm on Twitter at Aaron w jo- at AaronWJohnston. Um, so you can find uh, Extinct still. You can still stream it. You can still watch it yep. at BYUTV.org or Extinct.tv. Um, and just watch BYU TV. Maybe I'll get over some more hurdles. Maybe I won't. <laughs> we'll see. We're rooting for you. Thank yeah, you very much. I appreciate that. All right. So with that said, guys, uh, check that. Check out Extinct. Check out uh, Ender's Game. It's a, it's a fantastic book. See what else uh, Aaron has out there available, and support your uh, your artists. I mean, that's the name of the game. They're not feeding their kids without you. And uh, well, think about how much we wouldn't have if we didn't have artists that were actually. Able yeah. to make the sacrifice, willing yeah. to make that sacrifice. Would you ever have no heard Star of Wars. Shakespeare? Or? No Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Star Wars. No Ender's Game at all. Like, yeah. No Android. crazy clowns from space or whatever it is. Exactly. <laughs> killer exactly. clowns killer, from space. Killer clowns from yes. space. Yes, sorry. I have 14 clown movies you get to watch soon. <laughs> Let's so, just start with Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Clown with that said, we'll catch you next time. And from hell to I hate you so much right now. <laughs> Bye. You're listening to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Please subscribe and follow them on Facebook or Twitter pages. No, we're even promoting these filthy idiots who doesn't like them, who doesn't like anyone. Our friends, brothers, our friends. No, shut up. Please subscribe.